in the know for Tuesday, June 8th, the 159th day of 2021. There are 206 days left in the year. Good morning, MB. Guiding you through in the know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 Duluth. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app. Using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook Watch, on YouTube Live, on Periscope. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Lacey Bowen from the Luttrell Staffing Group stops by for a conversation. Also, Sheriff Norman Chaffins stops by with an announcement about a very special event going on in a couple of weeks. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the No. He is the five-time winner of the Coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and even Don Lee Field. Sam Gormley and the sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. You, uh, what, third region tournament wrapped up yesterday at Don Lee Field? Yes, I think it was Owensboro Catholic that won the won the championship. I know that they had to come back from about four or five runs down in the semifinals to the bottom of the seventh to come back and win. And uh, So congratulations to the Aces. They're going to play at Western now, I think, on Saturday. Field, uh, field seemed like it was in really good shape, good hospitality. Uh, tournament seemed to be run pretty well. Uh, everybody seemed to be pretty happy. Right? I think so from from what I was able to. I wasn't able to get out there to any of the games. I was a little disappointed, but um, I heard it went really well. Well, not to mention that, but uh, we've, uh, of Cougar baseball also in the news today. We'll circle back to that in just a moment. We say it's Tuesday, so we say good morning and welcome back. The uh, First Baptist Church Litchfield knows him as their worship and discipleship minister. The Internal Revenue Service knows him as Dennis C. Cook. We lovingly know him as the one and only Yukon Cornelius. I tell you, you're looking at a mighty humble bumble. Morning, humble bumble. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Welcome to the, I was going to say welcome to the month of June, but you kicked off June a week ago today. Oh, that's right. So we're already into your second week of, uh, of June. I do want to ask you, June brings Vacation Bible School. Yeah. And I know that you all have uh, Vacation Bible School at First Baptist Church all ready to go. Is it next week or the following week? Yeah, it's next week, and uh, it's going to be exciting. And the, the thing about this year is because of all the planning that has happened, uh, through COVID, though things just got released, it was for those who pre-registered by the end of May. So pre, the registration process is over, but we are excited to do Destination Dig this year for Bible School and the, lots of cool surprises for the kids this year. Uh, so thankful for all of our volunteers who have been working so hard to make it happen. So if you're registered, you can get excited. Mm-hmm. If you're not registered, you can be a little disappointed, like, oh, I didn't didn't react in time. Well, I do need to ask you a question, though. Will there be will there be uh, cookies at Vacation Bible School? Because that's usually I, there's a correlation between Bible school and yes. And, and and cookie and snack time. So will there be cookies? Yeah, first off, uh, always snack time. That's one of our biggest things <laughs> of the planning uh, sessions. Okay. We have a great crew that's get, that gets very creative and thematic with all of our snacks and for we each year with the different themes. And there'll be cookies. There'll be uh, all sorts of different things. But for the old schoolers, cookies and Kool-Aid, you better, you better know it. Is Scooter McBrickstone making an appearance again? Scooter? <laughs> sure. I, I mean, that's, that's the question I want to know. Well, uh, he... Texted me the other day, and he, he said, retired. He said that he did a promo video for this year, oh. and they asked him actually not to return. Oh, <laughs> you can't ruin all of the surprises about what's in store for people attending. Yes, Sam. I, will there be? Will the uh, the sugar wafer? 
the strawberry sugar wafer cookies. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. For some reason, I the only time that I ever had those was the two places at uh, my memos and at Bible school. And now I'm wondering if it was my mamma who was donating those cookies to Bible school. The ones that <laughs> and I just didn't know. It. The ones that are shaped like a candy bar, like the. The long sticks? They're the, yeah, the wafers, mm-hmm. and they have the uh, uh, filling on yeah. the yeah, middle, like the, and they get very flaky. Like, yep, yep, okay, I know what and you're talking about. And they have chocolate ones, and they have vanilla mm, ones, but yeah. for some reason, the strawberry yeah. ones were always the ones that I went to, and I think of that and burnt matchstick crafts when I think of Bible school. <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know, I don't know yeah. why, but... Uh, but I, I definitely, definitely do. Uh, showers possible this morning. Thunderstorms later today. Possible strong storms this afternoon approaching from the southwest with a little bit of a wind threat. So be advised about that. Uh, more thunderstorms scattered day and night leading up to decent rain totals by Friday. And then some signs of relief from a cold front early next week. So we can get through these muggy conditions throughout the weekend, then things will be a little more pleasant. Even though the temperature will be pretty much similar, the humidity is going to subside, so it won't be muggy. It will be much more comfortable Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of, ne- of uh, next week, so we have that to look forward to. As as we mentioned, Bible school kicks off, at least for First Baptist next week. Lots of area uh, other churches uh, reinstituting their uh, vacation Bible schools this summer as well. Alert day uh, today, possible later on. Thunderstorms and 70% chance of high of 83 today. Thunderstorms 72 tonight and thunderstorms and 70 degrees with a 70% chance of rain for tomorrow with a high of 83. Kind of a carbon copy for today. Uh, We're seeing on the national news today, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, has been kind of missing in action a lot of questions on as she took point on the border crisis that's uh, brewing along the Mexican border with the United States. She had taken the point, but then she was not available and and not really offering any input as to what was going on with the situation. So it's kind of twofold. On the same day yesterday where the Supreme Court, in a unanimous decision, ruled that thousands of people living in the U.S. for humanitarian reasons are ineligible to apply to become permanent residents, Justice Elena Kagan wrote for the court that federal immigration law prohibits people who entered the country illegally and now have temporary protected status from seeking green cards to remain in the country permanently. What does this mean? In war-torn areas where maybe sanctuary was sought or we took people with temporary status, the ruling is that the law doesn't allow them just because they got temporary status in fleeing from a war-torn area where we gave them sanctuary, that that automatically gives them a fast track to citizenship. So that's just one small issue when it pertains to immigration. But that news came out on the same day that uh, Vice President Harris is meeting with the Guatemalan president, trying to tell the Guatemalan people, don't come to the United States. Well, Part of the reason I think that there was some question about this is why was that messaging not done sooner? Because really 60 days has passed with nothing being said when the original message 60 and 90 and really at the beginning of the Biden presidency was we're going to tear down that wall. And that sends a message that if you remove the wall, it's as if saying, well, we're 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 removing the barriers to stop you from coming. So people in Guatemala are then fleeing and crossing very treacherous terrain and taking putting their lives in dangers to cross Mexico to try to get into the United States. So only after people have set out on that journey or have been signaled, hey, we can get into the United States if we can just get there, that now they say, don't come. 
it's a little bit, it's the old proverbial barn door after the horse is out. And I don't know that it will, I'm not sure if the message will be heard or not. But nonetheless, that's in some of the national news today. And then I was also seeing something online. I don't have any details on it this morning, and I'm not an expert on uh, on firearms and firearm legislation and those things. But I am was seeing some talk about President Biden taking an executive order on some gun control, which I think is especially problematic because it's uh, it's an end around to the Second Amendment. And again, I don't know all the nuance and the pros and cons, but any time that's mentioned, I think it signals trouble for uh, Americans and the the liberties that we have. A uh, no real COVID nineteen report for you today because Governor Bashir yesterday announced that a reporting error or what they called a glitch had led to only 36 cases to report. Now, I like that number. I like only 36. I'm hoping it's not a glitch. (laughs) Yeah, it would be nice if that were true and that we're only 36. But we'll get an adjusted total today, which represents more of a 48-hour period. I will also be curious to know what they do after Friday. He's, He's not having his briefings as much where he's at the podium, but he's saying those will end on Friday. So I'm just kind of waiting to, you know, when Friday gets here, which is the line that had been drawn that said if we can just get to June 11th, then, uh, you know, he's going to relax all of these things and send us about our way. Be interested to see if that indeed does happen. Mm-hmm. A teenage driver pointed a gun at a motorist during a road rage incident on the WK Parkway near White Mills. A teenage driver has been arrested after pointing a shotgun and rifle at a vehicle during a road rage incident on the WK Parkway near White Mills on Saturday night. 18-year-old Lucas Justice of Crofton, which is down in Christian County, was arrested Saturday night and charged with first-degree wanton endangerment. A uh, Hardin County Sheriff's Office said that Justice drove beside another vehicle while heading eastbound on the parkway and showed the two occupants of the vehicle the barrel of a shotgun. When the driver of the other car slowed and fell behind Justice's vehicle, Justice exited the parkway at White Mills and slammed on his brakes. As the other car, which also exited at White Mills, drove by Justice, he then allegedly pointed an AR-15 out the driver's window. At the time of his arrest, police found a loaded shotgun and an unloaded AR-15 in his vehicle. He was lodged in the Hardin County Detention Center on a $1,500 cash bond. He having a bad day. Roads increasingly more dangerous as the years pass, you know, and um, people take out their frustrations yeah. on, you know, in, in no any words particular to describe that. location. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grayson County High School's Danny Clark has announced his retirement as head coach of the Cougar baseball program. He was the head coach of the Cougars for 18 seasons, had a brief step away uh, five or six years ago for a season, and then came back to the dugout. He uh, took teams to the regional tournament 17 of his 18 seasons and had an overall record of 345 and 276. Sam, I think you talked with him, and he was pretty uh, appreciative for the uh, some of his mentors that helped pave the way and also just kind of uh, happy to reflect on a career and move on to the next chapter, yes? Yeah, it was just the community support and excited for what the next step might bring and just how much this program has changed in his time as a head coach. I know he mentioned facility upgrades that the school district has helped him do, and I mean – we talked, touched on Don Lee Field at the beginning, but Don Lee Field is one of the best as far as just playing facilities because of Danny Clark. I mean, mm. as I know that I've talked with players who said that that's pretty much his second home. He just lives out there, you know, dragging dirt, making sure the grass is in good shape. And 
that's probably why the third region tournament went on with without a hitch, really, because even with all of the the rain that we had. Sure. So, and he he deserves a lot of credit, and I mean, heck, three hundred forty five wins. That's that's a lot, and making the regional tournament every year but once. There's a lot to like about that. Your last one, <laughs> you know, that yeah. was the yeah. most disappointing thing was not making it in the last one, and I guess except for a a brief problem with the lighting. At yes. inopportune times, mm-hmm. it's a, it's but that, a wonderful mm-hmm. facility. Yes, yes, and from what I understand, that was user error. Oh, really? Yes, okay. so it was oh, not a... Hadn't heard more about that mm-hmm. since... Uh, there are two things that I appreciate about that article when I read that yesterday was that the fact, that, like you said, he mentioned all the coaches in his past, you know, mm-hmm. that have helped him get to that point, but I didn't, I didn't know that he was also a football coach for a short period of time. It sure was, uh, especially when I was roaming the sidelines during sports broadcasting, was during most of uh, Coach Clark's tenure, at the helm. 96 to 2000. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it was a, uh, yeah, there were years when he was doing, he was uh, definitely doing doing both. Wow. And, you know, uh, now you've got a trio of vacancies mm-hmm. at Grayson County High School in sports leadership. And, you know, I, I just kind of wonder if this season of where we are as a society, how much reevaluating of priorities there might be going on, not just at Grayson County High School, but everywhere. Right. Like when you see, I'll use UK basketball as a very good example. Uh, terrible season. Hor- I mean, just the, uh, you can almost literally yeah. say the worst. Yeah, say it. And so um, that causes people, I think it shows what a trauma that we've been through over the last year and a half that now that the pressure maybe is subsiding or the fear is subsiding, then there's almost a level of reassessment and then in some cases revenge of people. It's like, I'm going to get back at the world for the hand that the hmm. world dealt me over the last year and a half. And so I see certain, you know, I see particular issues that that I look to and I go, well, how much of that is just, uh, you know, trying to to reclaim your life and say, I'm, I'm doing this. But between, you know, having a, a vacancy at the lead of the girls' basketball program, the boys' baseball program, the girls' softball program, there are lots of changes, will be lots of changes uh, ahead. And that's just the one dot in the landscape. My, my uh, supposition would be that this is happening at a lot of schools where people are just saying, you know, I just kind of want to move on and do something different with my life going forward. So. Yeah. You're seeing that a lot in the same instance with officials. Yeah, you know, if we're talking yeah. in the sports aspect, where some of these officials are saying, "Well, listen, I'm not gonna, I don't get paid enough to have you say some of the things that are said to me," you know, I, I mean, and I hear it more than anybody in in hassle prone environments, especially after the last eighteen months. Part of that reassessment is people looking at situations and saying, "I'm tired of that hassle. I'm going to go find something that doesn't that is is not as hassle prone." And regretfully, we're going to lose people as a result that are in good positions and qualified to do certain things because of, you know, the situation that we find ourselves in. But it is uh, it, it's, it is the year 2021, and we'll see how that plays out. Two Kentucky House members have proposed a second piece of legislation for the 2022 legislative session that would ban teaching critical race theory in the state's public schools. A version unveiled early last week by Representative Joe Fisher uh, from Fort Thomas, 
would cover K through 12, but the latest one sponsored by Republican Matt Lockett of Nicholasville and Representative Jennifer uh, Henson Decker of Wadi would also include colleges and universities. Uh, Lockett said those who sup- subscribe to critical race theory are more interested in labeling people, dividing them into categories, and pitting them against each other than they are actually addressing important issues like racism. He says the bill would specifically ban teaching that. And he goes on. There's a, there's a very lengthy list of what it would ban the teaching of. As a, for instance, one race, sex, or religion is inherently superior to another race, sex, or religion. That an individual, by virtue of his or her race, sex, or religion, is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Uh, this, this idea of critical race theory being taught is somewhat new to me, although you've been able to see some outgrowths or some forebearers of it, but now it's front and center in what we're having to face as a nation. And so, I, again, I've not been able to dive into the details of this. I am for, as someone who is for knowledge, I have a hard time saying I'm for something that squelches knowledge because we've heard knowledge is power. The more the more you know, right? We heard all of those adages as kids that knowledge is power and the more you know and the name of this show has has the the origin of knowledge in it so i am i'm certainly for that but i have concerns about the improper use of knowledge and then giving you know i'm for it until people can't use it responsibly mm-hmm. and this is the this is the dilemma you right this is the i have to say well which which of these am i more for I want to know the details. I want to know what happened, but I also don't want to it to be used in a way that is going to be detrimental to us as a society. I think I that this is just, and in my opinion, coming from an education background with with my mom's background, is I don't know that we need legislatures legislators telling teachers how to teach. I think, and this is kind of what, what this is, and that's one of the things that I mean, and we're not going down the hole of Common Core and all of that, but it's just let the teachers teach. I mean, that, that's the best part about it, and I just think that this is something that, I mean, is it an issue? Maybe, but we got so many other things that we need to be worrying about as a state than focusing on this, in my opinion. Well, it's one of those things where too, a lot of families have decided to just let school do all of the raising. That's and, the issue. And, and really... You know, there were things that I was learning at school in my upbringing that were in conflict with the home I was being raised in, but I had a counterweight to those things. And my, I guess, Dennis, that's the tricky part. Yeah, that's that was my thought the whole time you were going through that article was that, you know, whatever is taught in the school, you need that uh, ground as a family to, to be able to teach your – you're the most responsible as a parent to your child to teach them the truth. And if they hear something at school that doesn't line up with what you believe as a family, so be it. That may just strengthen their belief on, on the family's end. But they need to be exposed to that. But they don't need to just take that as 100% the truth every single time. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges, too, is when you teach – when you all curriculum is agreed upon at some level. At some point, all curriculum got vetted and approved for finding its way into the set that's being provided. I don't think we should rush to include this, but I don't think we should just automatically be close 
closed-minded in a sense. But now this is where I also have to retreat back to the true nitty-gritty of critical race theory. I may find some things in there and go, this is preposterous being taught as a, a theory because what happens is the theory just gets understood as fact. And if it's just a theory, it's right. important to point that out. And some students are just not ready for that. I mean, it's just it's got to be age-appropriate, like lots of subject matter. But it's uh, it's tricky. It's yeah. definitely a slippery slope. we got to get to a break. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation with Lacey Bowen from the Luttrell Staffing Group about uh, something happening in the community today. And then Sheriff Chaffins will also have a conversation with him about an event you need to know about that's a couple of weeks from now. So hang around. You're on In the Note. Today is Best Friend Day. It is also Jelly-Filled Donut Day today. I don't mean to distract uh, Dennis Cook all of a sudden, but I do have a donut story for you later. We might get to it. It is also the day we say good morning and welcome back to Lacey Bowen from the Lateral Staffing Group. They are back today in Litchfield for another Bell Cheese hiring event. Good morning, Lacey. Welcome back. Thank you, Mark. Good morning. Hey, I was thinking about uh, this morning how about people who might be seeking out uh, and maybe heading out to this event, that whether it's the first day of school or the first day of, of a new school, the first day at a new job, there's always some level of anxiety about that. And, so, and there's also a, a thing going on right now about people returning to work called reentry anxiety. Do you all have a way to kind of help fight the jitters of this process? Yeah, I definitely um, see us doing those open door opportunities you know we have established this um this path this partnership with bell cheese and so electrical staffing we are going to make that application process as easy as possible we're going to streamline the orientation you know so our goal is to like like you were talking about transition we want to help you transition um, smoothly into your new career path with bell cheese and, um, you know, you've been doing this for several weeks. You're probably experiencing some people that maybe are saying, well, I wanted to come last week, but I just, you know, wasn't sure or I wasn't comfortable in doing so. And, and every week that you're there, you, there are probably people who are coming much closer to taking the leap and finding out uh, what you have to offer. But kind of take us through what you're doing at the Center on Main today. That's right. So, you know, having these local events, we want to make that um, initial introduction um, as convenient as possible. So that's what we're doing today. We're having uh, part one of our hiring event. So you're going to come in and meet with a electrical staffing recruiter. Um, you would do sort of a, a one-on-one interview, and I don't want that term to be intimidating. You know, you're just going to talk down, talk with this recruiter and make sure this is um, the best um option for you uh, as far as bell cheese goes because that's what we are promoting and um, then once you make it through that first round we are going to do the second part of our hiring that we're lining scheduling those bell cheese orientations actually at our e-town office tomorrow so hiring today orientation tomorrow kind of a bang bang experience that's right. And that will that you know, that way you won't be stuck so long at the center of Maine. Of course we wanna we wanna see your smile and face, we wanna get to know you, but we also don't wanna take up your entire day. So that will help help give you time to sort of schedule out your day a little better. 
I understand. And um, maybe a little gift card, too, to kind of help with some of the travel. That's right. So if you're traveling from Grayson County um, and we get you scheduled for orientation tomorrow and um, and you land that Bell Cheese job, we're going to give you a $25 gas card just to kind of help, you know, compensate um, that travel time. And um, you will also get paid for your two hours of orientation tomorrow. All right. So uh, paid for the time and then also paid for the for the transportation as well. Sounds like a, a pretty good deal. It, You know, in, in studying you and what you've been doing over the last several weeks, I'm kind of getting the feeling that you all are just determined for – for people to to make their efforts matter, like to if they're going to go forth putting forth the effort that it should count for something. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I mean, you've you've hit the nail on the head. Our slogan is making people matter most and in all realms that we touch, you know, this community. We want people to know that we do care about them and their families because that, you know, a job is more than just a job. It's more than just a paycheck. Um, You are investing in yourself and your career and you're taking care of the people that you love the most. Luttrellstaffing.com, but then you've also got what, L-Staff? Uh-huh, yeah, short and sweet. (laughs) I use that one all the time. (laughs) L-Staff.com. Okay, and you'll be at the Center on Main from 10 to 2 today. What do I need to bring? Um, you can bring a couple forms of ID with you and um, to get that process started, and we, then we've got everything else. These are great jobs at Bell Cheese, uh, 13 to 13.35 an hour, and still a referral bonus available? That's right, $100 referral bonus. Okay, Lacey, you all have a great day, and we'll talk to you again really soon. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. That's Lacey Bowen from the Luttrell Staffing Group, Center on Main, 10 to 2 today with uh, new opportunities with Bell Cheese. We also want to say good morning to uh, Sheriff Norman Chaffins. He joins us by phone. Good morning, Sheriff. Good morning, sir. How are you? We're doing very well. Thanks for stopping by. I know uh, we were trying to get you on yesterday and thought today would be a good day to defer just because of uh, the the lineup of the show today. A few weeks ago, you uh, presented kind of an idea. You floated a concept that uh, it involved us and it involved uh, Cook Ranch Shaved Ice. And you just kind of came and said, here... Here's what's on my heart. Here's what I want to do. Will you sort of share the origins of, of the premise of what you asked us for and why you were wanted to do it? Yes, absolutely. So as you well know, Mark, um, my family and I kicked off summer of last year being quarantined for about 20-something days mm-hmm. uh, due to this thing. It was called a pandemic, something like COVID-19 or something like that. But um <laughs> So we were trying to figure out a way. Uh, during that time we were on quarantine, um, our community essentially uh, rescued us. I mean, they stopped by and checked on us, you know, called us, cooked food for us, dropped it off on our porch. And certainly we knew based on what I was reading on, on Facebook, the days that I was able to read Facebook, the number of people that were praying for us. And they essentially pulled us through that. I mean, literally, um, you know, I, I just – we were so overwhelmed by all the messages and 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 phone calls and food and that were just we were just overjoyed with it. So we wanted to figure out a way to give back to the community. And it's one thing to make a post on Facebook about a, a subject or or your appreciation for something, but we wanted to do it by action, not by words. And so, as much as I hate to admit it, 
this is actually Lauren's idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. She's your she, better half. Yeah. She said, hey, she said, why don't we do something this summer to kick off uh, the summer, maybe get uh, offer free shaved ice for the uh, for for kids and and let everybody come out because you know things are hopefully going to be better where people can get out again. And so I was like, man, that is a great idea. But I wanted to test the product first. <laughs> so, uh, Here we go. I went out there and I went out to Southgate Mall. And, uh, of course, I had the privilege, the honor of having uh, Grayson uh, Dennis's daughter uh, being one of my role models for my drug prevention <laughs> class. So I got to meet her and got to get to know her a little bit and asked her about things, how things worked out there. So I went out there, and, um, and I got a pina colada shaved ice. Oh, my goodness. It was awesome. It was to die for. And they it was just it was great. So I thought, yes, this is what I want to do. So I went to Dennis and I said, you know, hey, can we do this? This is what I this is my idea. I want to offer free shaved ice on the first day of summer. So June, I think June 20th or 21st is the first day of the summer solstice. And I wanted to do it by offering free shaved ice for all of our youth here in Grayson County, 15 and under. Uh, so they can come by, get a free shaved ice, fellowship, hang out with the sheriff and, and a couple of my deputies for a little while, and uh, just, you know, as a token of our appreciation for what everyone did for Lauren and I and, and Grayson while we were in quarantine. Uh, just a small thank you for everybody. A great move, great way to kick off a new summer as well. And uh, so the way it's going to work, it's a, it's what we're calling, a, I think, a private event from 11 to 1 that uh, yep. is uh, sponsored by uh, Sheriff Norman Chaffins and kids 15 and under. I think we've said you all can maybe turn over a couple of hundred in that time frame or uh, there's you know only a limited number that you can do. But don't let that deter you if you're in the first couple of hundred. You're going to get a free shaved ice from Cook, yes. Cook Ranch Shaved Ice. And, Dennis, you are going to be in Southgate Mall that week? That's right. We're going to be at Southgate Mall there across from Advanced Auto Parts, and we really are – Excited to partner with Norman, with the Sheriff's Department, his family. We love them, and we are so thankful uh, for them and what they do each day for us in our community. Sheriff, I want to ask you, in addition to uh, in addition to you all doing this as an expression of gratitude for the love shown to you all uh, this time last year, it's also, from a visibility standpoint, I know you never miss out on an opportunity to connect with young people and remind them that the the protectors, the helpers in our community, are good men and women, and they they can be trusted. Yes, absolutely. And that's one thing that we mm-hmm. always try to do, Mark. Uh, and you do that by setting a good example. You do that by uh, leadership. You know, and actually attended uh, church this weekend at, at First Baptist. We've been kind of visiting there a little bit, and you know, one of the messages that I got was uh, we talked about being. A, peacekeeper and peacemaker you do things on making decisions uh, and some of them are tough decisions and and things like that and and he talked to the kids about about the same thing on, on their level and um you know being a leader in law enforcement sometimes you have to make tough decisions sometimes we have to do things that that are are maybe use force or, or do certain things like that so you know but that's not all what we do we just want the kids to understand sometimes we have to do that, but on a personal level, we are, we have families, uh, we love just like everybody else loves and, 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 you know, we want the kids to understand that. And we do that by just spending time with them and, and, uh, and, and enjoying the time that we have with our young people, because 
that I've dedicated my entire police career and my entire career to to helping our youngsters because I have a vetted interest in the success of our young people in our in our county mm-hmm. because I'm not always going to be sheriff. I'm not always going to be uh, out in the public like I am. Someday, maybe Grayson, someday, uh, you know, uh, Dennis's daughter Grayson or my son are going to be leaders in our community. So it's up to us as adults to make sure that they have the necessary tools to do that. And I think by getting out and being visible, especially in law enforcement, if you have a platform, setting an example for our young people and setting a good example for them is the best way to do that. I think it's a wonderful outreach. It uh, is beneficial on multiple levels to multiple organizations, and uh, I think it's it's great. So Cook Ranch Shaved Ice will be open for a special private event uh, two weeks from yesterday. So it's the day after Father's Day, June 21st, from 11 to 1 in Southgate Mall. The first couple hundred kids, 15 and under, who stop by will get a free uh, shaved ice. And then, Dennis, you all open for normal business hours at 1 o'clock like you normally right. do, my understanding. That's right. All right. I know that it'll be continued to be promoted. We'll talk about it. Obviously, we'll get all of the various pathways that people learn about things. So this won't be the last that you hear about it, but is the first that you're hearing about it. And, Sheriff, yep. we really appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, thank you, and I want to thank K105 for allowing us to do this as well. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Sheriff. We'll talk to you again really soon. That's Sheriff Norman Chaffin's great event coming up on June 21st that you'll hear more about uh, something for the kids to kick off summer on June 21st. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. There's plenty more on the way here on In the Know. Did you know people who regularly play video games are faster at making real-life decisions? Hmm. That makes sense. So, Dennis, mm-hmm. I would ask you if your sons, I don't know if your daughter plays video games or not, but I would, Im- I would imagine your sons do. So if they use this as a defense for themselves when you were telling them that they were playing video games too much and they gave you the argument it's helping me improve my real life decision making skills uh rapidity would you buy it or would you shut it down i'd say i don't care I think your I'm gonna, real life decision making is whether or not to take a shower today i'm going to send alex a text right now and let him know about this study <laughs> <laughs> well he'll get it when he wakes up at noon <laughs> uh, well I, I also uh just can't do the story uh, because of time constraints but <sighs> A uh, new line of lemonade donuts at your favorite donut place. So that I'll just leave that oh, story you, with you. No, you'll All want right. to know that. I like lemon. There also, uh, Apple has introduced some new features for iMessage. So be prepared. iOS 15 is on the way. And there is a video uh, available on Twitter that shows what you can expect from the new iMessage features. iMessage will change the way you receive photos from friends and family. Photos will now be turned into galleries for easier viewing. In addition, when a friend or family member sends you a link, a new feature called Shared With You will save it all in one place on your device so you can read it at any time. This feature will also work with songs, podcasts, and more. So maybe something closer to like a cloud type of a folder in a cloud, I guess. It probably is just a um, an extension of a shared folder in iCloud. Would, mm-hmm. would be my It's really just a ploy to make your iCloud storage uh, <laughs> fill up even faster. Fill up even faster. More full, so you have to buy. Uh-huh. I just realized you could pin a text message. So I'm like probably two updates behind on knowledge. So huh. I can't wait to see what I don't know with this one. <laughs> have you heard of emojis? Who? Emojis? Mm. No. Don't know him. 
<laughs> uh, the I Love the 90s tour is returning this summer, much to the delight of 40-somethings. <laughs> They're coming to the Reds, too. Yes, that's right. Um, the I Love the 90s tour is returning to the United States in August with Vanilla Ice once again as the headliner. Yeah. But he'll be joined by a rotating crew because at their age, they can't do all of the right, dates. Right, sure. Uh, Rob Bass, Kid and Play, Naughty by Nature, Coolio, <laughs> Young MC, All for One, CNC Music Factory, Tone Lokes, Sir Mix-A-Lot, and Tag Team. Whoa. All part of the rotation of the I Love the 90s tour. That's kind of a who's who of the 90s. CNC Music Factory? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they're going to teach a workout class. that will make you sweat. I believe. Uh, also in entertainment news, Forbes has revealed the five most valuable music catalogs. So they take the, you know, uh, music catalogs have, uh, they earn streaming royalties, they earn publishing royalties, they continue to earn long beyond the when they're written. And if you own your own catalog and you're successful, it can be very lucrative. Paul Simon has the fifth most valuable song catalog, at two hundred fifty million dollars. Wow! I wouldn't that's, have wouldn't have guessed he'd have been top five. I wouldn't. Uh, you could have told me he was in the top twenty, but I wouldn't have thought uh, top five. He may there may it might also be an indication of things that he's penned that he maybe didn't perform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might be things that you don't associate as a Paul Simon song. True. Bob Dylan at number four with three hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Makes sense. This one surprised me at number three. The Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein's catalog is three hundred fifty million dollars. Really, Broadway baby. You know, yeah. you know, the obviously very prolific as uh, as writers. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have thought it's still worth three hundred and fifty million dollars because I just didn't think that it was it was broad enough but i guess when you really go back and study the catalog of all the things that are in it and all of the places that the catalog gets used because there are usage issues in there as well not, there's licensing there's not just you know streaming royalties there's so I, i'd be curious to know where the majority of the 350 million dollars in the in the rogers and hammerstein catalog is placed mm-hmm. cuz it's not evenly distributed across all of their catalog but does that surprise you, Dennis? Yeah. I mean, with the names that you're talking about, yes. Michael Jackson, $375 million. Yeah, see, I would have guessed there him easily. A lot of people would have put him at number one, and what's weird is that he owned the Beatles catalog for a while, but John Lennon and Paul McCartney's catalog is listed at $500 million. It is the most valuable song catalog that is out there. But what I'm a little bit curious about is the Rodgers and Hammerstein – that. What about the catalog entries that Paul McCartney has that aren't Lennon and McCartney? Mm-hmm. See, yes. I have a feeling this is just the Lennon and McCartney catalog is $500 million. If you were to take the McCartney only uh-huh. and then add it in, I think it would be even more substantial, most likely. Well, uh, and this is just what they've written? Is that what it is or what they've performed and earned money on? Because uh, I would expect Garth Brooks' Captain Extra to be uh, <laughs> up there if it's... Everything. Many, so they constantly earn royalties from music streaming services, making some music catalogs a lot more valuable than others. Uh, but it doesn't say it doesn't say specifically on. I, I presume this is on publishing because I'll, I'm curious to see how far behind like a Taylor Swift or a Bruno Mars is for some of the the newer version. Because I mean, 
given enough years, mm-hmm. I think you'll How see these. How long will it take them to make yeah, in that yeah, top you'll, five? You'll see these figures probably maybe even be dwarfed, mm-hmm. uh, possibly. But but now that also it, you would have to have the premise that the earnings on these catalogs would stop. Mm-hmm. Because they'll continue to earn as, as well, so it'll take a little longer for them to be overtaken, uh, but they certainly can. Uh, coming up on Disney Plus this summer, something that might I know is of interest to me, could be interest to, to a lot of Disney fans, to uh, celebrate the July 30th release of the Disney feature film Jungle Cruise. Disney Parks, uh, you know, that attraction goes back to 1955 at Disneyland. And it's a 10-part series narrated by Paget Brewster, and it is a behind the attraction. So they'll they'll take you behind the scenes and the origins of Jungle Cruise, the Haunted Mansion, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and some of the other more uh, famous Disney attractions at all of their parks. It'll have some interviews with from the archive with Walt Disney. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be a great series. I'm looking forward to it on Disney Plus. When's that? Uh, it the series begins. Uh, it's available for download and streaming starting July sixteenth. Well, that's that'll be here before you know it. The, the Jungle Cruise is out in theaters on July thirtieth. Okay. As long as it's a small world, is not one of those episodes. Um, I'm in on that. No, you can pretty much bank on it's a small world being in there. Would be my guess. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. No, I don't think I'll watch that. Okay. And uh, also, if you're a Peanuts fan. Who Are You, Charlie Brown, the Peanuts documentary trailer, reveals the origin of Charlie Brown, which made me think, you know, we really, it's, it's been obscured to us, you know, the background, the upbringing, we, we kind of pick up Charlie Brown <laughs> mid-adolescence. We don't really know Charlie Brown as a baby, and apparently yeah. we're all going to find out if we want to watch the origin story of that. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up for the morning here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. Kind of uh, interesting that I was pondering this earlier and then uh, this issue came up. How often should you shut off your smartphone? Oh. Yeah, our, our Android and our Apple devices, we just, until they do something wrong, we typically just, mm-hmm. yeah. just let them run. There's, mm-hmm. and, and I have this bad habit of if I turn my phone off, it's like I need to reboot my phone. I might notice hours later that it's not on. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. I, I get distracted, I turn it off, I go, I kind of go over here and do this while I reboot this process, and then next thing, you know, I haven't heard anything out of my phone for a while. Yeah, that's because it's off. I've been doing it a lot in the past forty-eight hours because I've been having issues yeah. with my Apple Watch. Honestly, so. I think every day, if we're um, honest with ourselves and proactive, when we get home from work or school or something, we should turn that off until the mm. next day. Maybe. Honestly, yeah, it's, it, they're pretty pervasive, without yeah. a doubt. In a lot of ways, just turn it off for, for good. <laughs> it's true. Reader's Digest says, your smartphone has a hard and fast rule you should live by. Once a week, shut it off. Let it rest at least one minute, and then you can fire it back up. Multiple reasons why uh, include retaining memory, preventing crashes, running more smoothly, and prolonging battery life. Just to give it the old reboot once a week. I think we all need that. Without a doubt. Absolutely. On television this evening, is there a new is there a new sermon series at First Baptist to start with June? Because I know this past Sunday was actually the first Sunday of June. So. Right, we're still in character sketches. Uh, May and June, we're continuing throughout 
uh, the look of uh, different characters in the Old and New Testament. And Joey preached uh, this past Sunday, as Norman was saying, about Jonathan and, and Saul and David being a, a peace uh, maker. And uh, Doug will be preaching this morning, uh, this coming Sunday on Abraham, and then I'm preaching on Father's Day. Okay, very good. Did uh, Is that a demotion or a promotion that mm-hmm. you drew Father's Day? Mm-hmm. Uh, promotion. I'm excited about that. Okay, yeah, I was, yeah I'm sure you'll do fine. That sounds encouraging. Just, just fine. I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll do fine. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't have said that because the attendance will probably be way down now. <laughs> People finding other things to do suddenly. Yeah, all of a sudden. Uh, today on television, NBC, America's Got Talent, and then the season three finale of New Amsterdam on NBC this evening. Sarah and I started rewatching Seinfeld on Hulu last night, episode yeah. one. Oh, it's... You know, that was, uh, I don't know that I've, I've certainly never binge watched it. You know, I've seen, right. I presume I've seen all of the episodes, but to start and watch the arc, you know, the development of the characters yeah. and that first episode, the Seinfeld Chronicles is different. You know, if you ever go back and watch the first one, it, you see some elements of it, but it, it completely changed after, you know, the first, uh, certainly the first episode, but it, it migrated a lot. Yeah. At least my opinion. Uh, Today's highlight in history, this day in 1968, authorities announced the capture in London of James Earl Ray, the suspected assassin of civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In 1864, Abraham Lincoln was nominated for another term as president during the Republican Party's convention in Baltimore. 1966, a merger was announced between the National and American Football Leagues to take effect in 1970. The NRA elected Charlton Heston to be its president in 1998. Birthdays today, Boz Skaggs is 77. Uh, I skipped over Nancy Sinatra. She's 81 today. Mm. Bonnie Tyler is 70. Keenan Ivory Wayans is 63. Mick Hucknell is 61. Juliana Margulies is 54. Kanye West is 44. Country singer. I thought he was older than that. Yeah, it's hard to kind of. 44. Finally, a a day all about Kanye. Not not every day. Happy Happy birthday. And country singer-songwriter Sturgill Simpson, fellow Kentuckian, is 43 today. See, I would have thought he was younger than that. Yeah, I would have thought he was younger than that as well, just because I've only known of him mm-hmm. more recently. And that's probably kind of the thing is we've known of Kanye for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's right. Gone but not forgotten, Frank Lloyd Wright in 1867, Barbara mm-hmm. Bush in 1925, Jerry Stiller in 1927. You were just mentioning Arthur during the break. That's right. Yeah, today uh, was his, uh, today's his birthday. I heard Barbara Bush earlier and it got me sidetracked. So Joan Rivers in 1933. Those are good list of Jerry Stiller. A lot of famous people. Yeah. In that list of gone but not forgotten. Chart Toppers. 1958, the Everly Brothers, number one. Homegrown. Mm -hmm. Just down the road. Good old Muhlenberg County, right? Yep, that's right. Is that your favorite Everly Brothers song, Dennis? Yeah, probably the only one that comes to mind right now, too. I meant to ask you earlier, too, if the Lennon-McCartney catalog is worth $500 million, what's the Cook Ranch music catalog worth Right today? now, we're up to $0.35. Cents. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we haven't done taxes. <laughs> oh. 1967, Engelbert Humperdinck, number one. Bless you. I do what not name. I, I do not. I, re, I, like, I know this song, but I don't associate it with him for some reason. That is a name. Mm-hmm. Great voice. Sings well. Mm-hmm. Was, was that before the artists started changing their names? 
Why would you change it away from that? 1976, Wings, a.k.a. Paul McCartney, and Silly Love Songs, number one in the state, 1976. So is John Lennon getting credit for this, too, in this? I think this is just a... I think this this is going to be... This is going to be part of the Paul and Linda catalog, would be my guess. I don't know if she got writing credit on or not, but I know that Paul did. Because they kind of it it was Paul McCartney and Wings, and then they just changed it to Wings. What about Ringo? Does he not get any credit for any of these? <laughs> I don't think Ringo was a particularly prolific songwriter. Yeah. But, uh, maybe George a little more than. Yeah. I did watch last night the 1971 documentary, the first episode on uh, Apple TV, and it covers the Beatles. It covers gotcha. songs about John and Paul and. Ringo and George and Bangladesh and all that stuff. So it's uh, pretty interesting. 1985, Brian Adams, number yeah. one. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about right here. All right, let's go to 1994, Enigma and Return to Innocence. I always forget this song. Like, I hear it and I go, oh, I remember this song. I don't know that I know this song. Was it like a Irish? It might. I'm presuming I'm not alone looking at your face, Dennis. Thumbs Did, down. Not, not, no. You didn't know the song either, no. Dennis? I don't know that I've ever heard that. Interesting. No. And then 2012, uh, 2003, running behind. Diamond Rio was number one with I Believe in 2003. And 2012, Godier and somebody that I used to know. They're your chart toppers for today. Dennis, like thanks for it. coming in. Thank you, guys. So Appreciate good, you. Good to see you, as always. We'll see you again soon. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Every now and then, it's good to stop climbing and appreciate the view from right where you are. Every once in a while, it's good to stop climbing and appreciate the view yeah. right from where you are. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Dennis Cook, for Sam Gormley, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.